The Speedway Show on Viper FM 8 to 10 every Tuesday. It's more than just music. So, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, and welcome to the Speedway Show on Biker FM. I'm here tonight with Suggsy and with Paul Orton, as per usual. Evening, Paul. How are you, Chris? All right? Yeah, good, mate. I've, uh, I've missed seeing some Speedway. It seems to have been a long time since I've seen some. Yeah, you had a few meetings off over the weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we had um, we had Coventry rained off on the Friday night and and Stoke as well. And interestingly enough, a lot of the meetings at the minute they're getting they're getting rained off pretty early in the day. People are very wary of uh, getting people to the tracks and stuff and and having to call it off. So you know, by lunchtime, I think for both of those meetings, I was aware that they were off, and it left me to have a weekend to do the uh, the family stuff instead. Yeah, that's it. Like you said, that you know they are calling meetings off quite early which is which is really good for for fans to know you know in advance because everyone knows how how expensive petrol is at the moment um but it you know it is disappointing as well because everybody wants to see some speedway and uh you know it, it's certainly an age-old problem with speedway isn't it you know the rain off issue you know you know is there more that that speedway can do you know as a whole to try and eradicate rain offs you know is there something they can do to the tracks and you know there's been talk about Voyans, isn't there, that, that they've got special covers over there because it always rains there. You know, is is that something that we should be looking at over here? I'm not sure, mate. I mean, I've, uh, you know, from when even from when I used to to ride, I've always thought that maybe it'd be a good idea to have something on those lines, even if it was on the lines of like a, a large roller blind on the outside of the fence that sort of came to some kind of grid on the white line, and the rain just sort of fell straight down it and went into the to the grid and, and and you had that all the way around the track kind of thing i don't know that wouldn't be a huge cost implication i wouldn't have thought but how successful it'd be i don't know i know at voyans one of the problems they say is because of the, like the track almost like sweating yeah i've heard that before you know that the track sweats this is quite a weird sort of thought isn't it the, uh, of a track sweating and it is a bit of an art isn't it to to create in the right track, the right surface, and um, you know we're going to try and get a, uh, an expert track man on the show next week, so we can sort of ask the questions and find out, you know, how hard it is to, to prepare a track and what are the secrets behind it. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a plan for tonight's show, mate. Who have we got lined up for tonight? So, well, first up, we've got Josh Orty on the show. He's going to be live. So, obviously, we, we, we've seen him riding on Sky. He's looking pretty impressive, both uh, for Birmingham and, and for Scunthorpe. And, uh, obviously, with the injury to Dave House, Scunthorpe are, are really needing him. Um, we've got a referee on tonight. We've got Graham Flint. Um, and he was the referee last night um, at Bellevue, where the meeting was called off. So, it'll be really interesting to hear his thoughts on that. Um and obviously Grand Prix coming up on Saturday. We've got Chris Bomber Harris live on the show. So, you know, get get your messages in for Chris, your good luck messages and any questions you've got for him. Um and I know that uh, earlier you caught up with uh, Paul Burbage as well, um just before the uh, under twenty one final, didn't you? Yeah, I think uh, that all the riders there have had one ride so far, so we're gonna check in now and again to see what the results are and how the riders are progressing there. Obviously we had Kyle Howarth on the on the show a few weeks ago talking about um, his involvement in that meeting. So we'll keep an eye on that one as the night goes on. I need to apologise for the quality 
of the uh, the interview I managed to get with Paul Burbage because we're struggling a little bit at the minute with pre-records. So if we've got any wizards out there who can suggest to us some software that we can use on an iPhone to be able to do pre-records and record calls, then we'd certainly like you to drop us a line at speedway at bikerfm.co.uk. We're going to try a few different things because it's important we've got it all up and running because on next week's show, we've got an interview coming up with three times world champion Nicky Pedersen. So that's one to look forward to, mate. Yeah, that should be awesome. As, you know, he, he's one of my favourite riders. He's he's all out entertainment, and the you know he he's he just no holds barred. But he's just a likable guy, and I've got some really good questions for him. I I just love the way he, he always acts like he's victimised by referees. You know, he's he's sort of a likable rogue, really, isn't he? he? He livens up every meeting, and he's he's just awesome to watch. So really looking forward to that one. Yeah, he's certainly one of the characters of the sport. Bye. Certainly, certainly is. So, yeah, if anyone's got any questions they'd like to send through this evening for the um, the guests that we've got on, you can do that using the shout box on our website, bikerfm.co.uk, or if you want to, you can email those through to us at speedway at bikerfm.co.uk. Um, so, yeah, we've got the interview lined up with Paul Burbage. We'll have that on for you in just a few seconds' time, and then we'll bring you up to date in relation to what else is happening on the show. Richie Worrell from 
weather and a lot, a lot of the tracks have suffered. But now that they got through it um, last night, so hopefully they'll, um, they'll be lucky again. And is it just a regular format tonight? Will it, will it just be a result after each ride is had five rides? Or are they going into semis in a final this evening? Uh, from what I can see, they said 22 heats, so that'll be um, the 20 heats plus the one semi-final with the riders placed third to sixth inclusive, and then the top two straight into the final, winner top two from the semi-final join them, and then obviously um, British Under-21 champions should be crowned from that. Um, also worth mentioning, there's four World Under-21 places up for grabs, so if you know, there's a chance for these guys to really go, to go overseas and make an impact, so it's, um, there's a fair bit to play for. And is that something that the DSPA as well should be aware of the support the ride with to get with over to the continental leg if you do get, get through to that stage? Um, I'm not I'm not aware what, what help is available, if any, to be honest with you. If um from from what I've heard in the past, not a lot of help has been available. Now it has been a bone of contention, um, certainly with previous under twenty one managers who who've left the role. So yeah, I, I certainly agree. It's, it's a very expensive exercise and yeah, the riders in places like Poland and Sweden they have considerably more sponsorship, purely due to the um, the different crowd, the higher crowd levels, and um, more interest in this sport. They they've got a little bit of sponsorship, and I'm guessing they get a little bit of help from the, their associations as well. I think if if the BSBA can do it, then that would be great. But then again, um, we've only got to see clubs like Newport closing to realise that there's not a huge amount of money in, in promoting speedway. So it is very difficult to turn around and say. They should be giving these riders money. If they haven't got it to give, then ultimately it's a, it's a very difficult situation for them. Well, there we go. That's the, um, the British Under-21 final tonight. Um, lots of riders in the frame for it in relation to who you think might be up there on the podium. But your tip for one to watch for this evening is Richie Worrell. Absolutely. I think he's. Um, I think on current form he, he could win this. And considering he only got into the sport in 2010... Well, and that was really only doing a few second half rides. I think he's made a massive progress, and it's also his last chance to win it. So, because he, he got into the sport a little bit older than um, than most kids would, so I think this could this is a big night for him, and he's, it's either win or bust, really. Great stuff, Paul, and I'll keep an eye out for the results. Great, thank you. There are times in life where being tough comes in handy. Say some geezer collapses in front of you, what do you do? We need a volunteer that ain't breathing. Here's one I made earlier. First off, you call 999. I know. Then, no kissing. You only kiss your missus on the lips. You push hard and fast here on the Sovereign to stay alive. Remember, call 999. Push hard and fast to stay alive. Hands only CPR. It's not as hard as it looks. Had an accident? Need some help? Forget the stress. Call RSS. Rider Support Services. The Bikers Law Firm. Already got solicitors? Feels like your crash is their cash? Don't delay. Call RSS today on 0208 246 4900. You won't find yourself in better hands. 
Find out how you can win a trip on Route 66 for a fiver on the Red and Steve Show, Mondays 6 till 8, where they cater for the hairy biker, rallies, rides, and everything in between. Sponsored by rideroute66.co.uk. If your car crashes at 30 miles per hour, your seatbelt will stop you hurtling forwards at 30 miles per hour. But if you'd rather not use a seatbelt, you could always use the windscreen. Or you may prefer the dashboard. Another passenger is always an option. Or if you're thrown clear of the car, you've still got the old failsafe, the road. Think, front or back, always wear a seatbelt. Advertising with Biker FM is cheaper than you think. Showcase your company or events to a target audience now. Ride the airwaves with Biker FM. The big stuff. So, we're joined live with uh, Josh Orty from the Birmingham Brummies and the Scumthorpe Scorpions. So, how, how are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How is everybody over there? We're all good here, I think. Are you alright there, Chris? Are you still here? Yeah, yeah, still taking it steady, mate, and keeping my eye on this under-21s at the minute. So, uh, I'll let you fire in with a few questions at Josh. Super. First of all, what, what's that song about? I don't really know. I didn't. I didn't even know what my song actually was. So that that were new to me. That's the first time I've uh, you know known that 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 was my song. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's good. Superb. So obviously you had a, a winter down in Australia, um, and obviously yourself been on great form. But also young Carl Howarth and Richie Worrell. You you've all obviously come back from Australia, all looking really good. You know how much has that helped you riding in Australia? Um, I think you know just. Keeping yourself in hand and keeping yourself fit and fresh and, uh, you know, race sharp and, and fit and everything, that, that obviously helps you. You're still sort of, uh, you know, you're constantly riding, which is good. So you're kind of at one with the bike. Um, and, and the people that we stop with are, are fantastic people. Um, you know, the, the treaters like their own and, um, you know, really positive people. Um, the, the, the guy who actually started the scholarship, he's actually in a wheelchair from a speedway crash. So to, to have the motivation to, to do such a project that is done with the scholarship, it is quite inspirational, really. So that that's Marcus Williams, isn't it? Yeah, Marcus Williams and his wife, Beverly Williams, is, like, fully supportive of it all. And, you know, it, it makes me feel, feel you know, um, you know appreciated to be, to be part of something like that, really. And I think all the lads... You know, it's, it, it, it is a life-changing experience to go to Australia, another country, well, it's the other side of the world, and uh, to to race your motorbike and do something that you enjoy, it's just a tremendous opportunity. I suppose the weather weather helps a little bit as well, doesn't it? Oh, of course, it's just it's just a different way of life, really, and you know it opens your eyes really to to understand what the Aussie boys have out there, and uh, you know, and what they give up to to come over to race in the UK. So I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the Australian boys that come over. And be away for, from the family for eight months, um, and to, to to race speedway. You know they sacrifice a lot, so you've got to you've got to respect them for that, really. 
So in terms of obviously going over there on yourself, you know, do you go over so you don't go over with your mechanical parents? It is, you know, you, you're there having to fend for yourself, sort of. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Max and Bev put us up in a, in a lovely home and they've got a really good workshop and everything. So, you know, it's it, it's as good as being at home, really, for me. And um, with, a, with Marcus understanding the sport itself, um, you know, they're just absolutely brilliant people to have around. And he's, he's, a, he's a, an inspirational person. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, privileged to have it to have even like spent some time and and met the guy so that's cool so obviously you're over there there has been a bit of controversy because yourself obviously going so well um also richie warra going so well you know it's there's been a sort of a bit of uh sort of unrest with the australians saying that you're going over there and uh taking their titles is that right um, well, I suppose they can look at it that way, but at the end of the day, they come over here and take our young English lads' jobs. So, you know, it's tit for tat, really, I, I think. And, um, you know, we have to accept sometimes that they come over here and take our jobs just as much as, you know, we go over there and take their titles. And, I've, I mean, I've taken two of them and, um, you know, it kicked up a little bit of a fuss, but, um, you know, you just got to get on and deal with it. I suppose it makes it quite nice to win like that, though, doesn't it? No, of course it is. It, you know, I've got a cheeky grin on my face, you know, reminding me of the win and everything. So, yeah, it is, it is good. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good young Australian riders that, that, that come from from over there. And um, I think they are very fortunate um, with the weather and they can go back home and they have a lot more track time, whereas the English boys in the winter, you know, the weather really, really sets you back in, in terms of being able to practice and get out on a bike, really. Superb. So obviously you come back. You've joined uh, Scunthorpe again with uh, with Dave Howe as a spearhead. But obviously, unfortunately, he's he was on fire. Obviously, at the start of the year, and he's been injured. So uh, a lot of pressure on your your shoulders now to lead the team. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a bit of blow for for us to lose David because he's been riding really well, and um, you know, he deserves the scores that he's been getting. Um, yeah, I suppose it puts added pressure on me, but. Um, I think I ride better under pressure, so I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can still push on without David. But um, you know, it's going to be a tough ask. Um, you know that, you know, we're a team, so I think the the responsibility is going to be shared between all six of us, really. So, yeah, it's, as I said, it's disappointing because David, um, you know, we're our number one rider, so we're unfortunately he's injured now, so we've just got to, um, you know, get on with it, really. Yeah, superb. And on Thursday, you're back to your old uh, stomping ground at Sheffield. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it's going to be weird uh, setting up in the away side of the pits. So, but no, I'm look I'm looking forward to it. It's a place that, that I hold close to my heart. It's my local club, and I used to go watch um, when I was twelve year old. You know, young, a young lad at twelve year old, and watch people like Sean Wilson and. Uh, and people like that. I even I think I even watched the World Cup there, which which were good. And um, yeah, that's sort of when I got my my love for the sport. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Um, but you know, I've got a job to do, and that's to, to score the points in order for the Scunthorpe to win. Hopefully, superb. And obviously, you're only just just out of the under under twenty ones yourself. And in a second, we'll just catch up with Chris on the updates of what's going on at the uh, British under twenty one uh, final. But any predictions yourself on who who's going to be the favourites for that? Um, I think personally, I think it's going to be between between 
three people, and I think it's going to be Kyle Newman, Richie Worrell, and Kyle Howarth because I've I've rode with them and I, I know the sort of potential that they've got. So it's uh, I think it's going to be one of them three because they are that you know they're on it at the minute. They're, they're riding really well. I've seen the scores. So yeah. Super. Um, well, well, we'll head over to Chris and uh, find out what's been going on, Chris. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they've had they've had a few heats already, mate. They've had um, six heats by the look of it so far. Um, as Josh predicted, Tom Perry's doing pretty well. Um, he's got two wins so far out of two. Kyle Howarth met Tom Perry in the very first race, um, and he came second to him. So he dropped a point there, and it looks like Carl's just dropped another point there. Carl Howarth to Carl Newman, who was another one that Josh has tipped. Yeah. So um, scorers so far, Tom Perry's got six, Kyle Howarth's got four. Uh, James Sargent's having a stinker of a meeting. He fell in his first ride, and then he did a big 360 on the first bend, and everyone had to avoid him in his second race and got excluded. So two races and no points for James Sargent. Richie Worrell's got a win so far. Just had one ride, and Carl Newman uh, representing Peterborough and Somerset with a win and a second place. So yeah, plenty to play for there. Um, with yourself, Josh, you started the season with an absolutely banging um, meeting in the Ben Fund, which was a late call up for you. Yeah, no, that that was an extremely late call up, and uh, I mean the preparation beforehand wasn't really good because we got stuck on the M1, and I, I think I arrived about five minutes the first race we're going out and I wore in heat one so yeah it were um a, you know it, it's a privilege to get asked to do a meeting like that because it's good for a good cause and um I think all the boys put on a really good show and, and the crowd went home happy and um yeah it you know I think it set me for 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 the start of the season really it's a big thing confidence isn't it and with you starting that meeting so well it's sort of carried on through I know you maybe had a little bit of a blip in one of your meetings for Scunthorpe for Birmingham they've really missed you when you've not been in the squad uh, well I mean it, it, unfortunately we've got to sort of have a, we've got a squad and um, yeah I, I still want the team to win even though I'm not there because we want to be pushing for playoffs and uh, getting in that elite league grand final come the end of the season but um, yeah I just keep keep doing my own thing and if, if I keep scoring the points um, hopefully I'll progress into the main body of the team and everything so yeah, it's it's unfortunate that I can't ride in every every single Birmingham meeting because I'd love to, but um, yeah, hopefully the team can do the job without me when I'm not there. And obviously the last meeting, you were back into the squad and they got another victory against Wolverhampton and there was the new team management role there for Phil Morris. How did that work out? Yeah, I think it worked out quite good. I mean, Phil's been an ex-rider himself. He's, he's, not, uh, he's not been retired uh, that long, so... But for him, he, he, he having a, an ex-rider, I think they know the emotions that you go through um, when you're racing, you know, the nerves and, and uh, you know, everything. So they can just, you know, a good team manager can just settle the nerves and, and say the right things before you go out for a race and, um, you know, just re, reassure you as a rider and re-motivate you for, for the next race, you know, if you've had a bad one or a good one. And that's, you know, that's their job as a team manager to, to get the best out of the, the seven riders that he's, that he's got. Certainly. We've had a couple of messages come through for you on the shout box. Um, not really questions as such, but one's from Ryan Burkett, and he says, just tell Josh that he's a huge Scunthorpe Scorpions fan. He's very happy that you're in the team, and you've been excellent in the Elite League as well, so keep it up, Josh. And then a message from someone called Dam Rain, 
and I, I'm not surprised with how many meetings are being rained off at the minute. Great that Josh is progressing so well. He's just what British Speedway needs. Tell him it's fantastic and best of luck to him. Keep going in the same vein for the rest of the season. So it's good to hear the fans getting behind you, mate. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate him. And, uh, you know, it's nice that, that supporters, uh, you know, support me as, as a rider and a professional. So, yeah, it's it's really nice that um, through what I do, I can hopefully put a smile on their face and they enjoy the success that I have with me. With you arriving now as a fully-fledged rider, although you do go down into the Premier League and do your meetings for Scunthorpe, the Birmingham track... Um, seems to be a very fair track and it's very hard to get a home advantage there is that something that you're struggling with um yeah i think that as a as a home rider when you've got other other established you know top riders that, that enjoy the track it does become difficult because for example like um you know somewhere like lakeside there is a technical trick track that that not everybody likes you know that they do have they do have the home riders that ride there really really good. Whereas Birmingham's just a very neutral track, and as you said, everybody enjoys it. So yeah, it can be quite tricky. But you know, the, as I said, we've just got to focus on every meeting as it comes as a team, and uh, we've got a bunch of riders that 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 I think um, you know we can push on and, and hopefully win something come the end of the season because I think it'd be good for Birmingham Speedway. Yeah, it's a great club and, you know, one of the big cities in the UK. So it'd be certainly great to bring some silverware there for the fans who are really enthusiastic about the squad. With your start to the season being so great, we said obviously it's a big confidence thing, Speedway. Was there anything else in particular that you've done differently this season to make it start off with a bang? Have you invested a huge amount of money compared to usually in equipment or anything to do with fitness regimes and stuff? Um, no, well, I, yeah, I've in, of, of course, I've invested heavily in, in good equipment, and um, yeah, I just think that I've I've become more focused on what I want to do, and um, you know, just set myself targets and and just learnt a little bit about myself really, and um, yeah, hopefully that you know the effort that I put in will be reflected in my in the scores that I produce, and um, yeah, I think. In general, I'm still young. I'm 21. I've still got a lot to learn, not just in speedway, but in life as well. So, yeah, I think with, with me investing heavily, that that's probably helped as well because I feel that I'm on as good of equipment as anybody when I'm when I'm lining up against the good guys. So, fingers crossed that I can just maintain that level of, of uh, perfection, I suppose. And obviously, you're doing great in the UK at the minute. Have you got any meetings coming up on the continent at all? No, but I, I would love to. I mean. Uh, I, it is a dream of mine to race in Poland and uh, I've set sort of my targets that I want to get fully established in England first and uh, I, I'd like to make a British final this season and and hopefully get a good result in that and uh, another one of my dreams is to race at Cardiff as well so I've got, a, I've got to obviously first of all make a British final I think the two semi-finals are at Rye House and uh, Sheffield so I'm, I'm pretty easy in, in terms of which semi-final I get selected in because end of the day if you want to get there you you, you know and you put the effort in you're going to get there so it's just a journey to, to to get into the British final as far as I'm concerned and it's going to be pretty useful for you with the influence that perhaps someone like Phil Morris has got stepping in as the co-team manager at Birmingham and in regular talks with Neil Middleditch who we had on the show a few weeks ago people like yourself and David till he got himself injured are certainly putting your name about to be considered for things like World Cup squads. Yeah, I haven't thought too much about the World Cup squad because there's a lot of good English guys that that um, 
I feel are better than me at the minute. And uh, in terms of, I, I, I feel that I can improve to get to their level, but I don't feel that I am at their level just yet to be able to, to go into World Cup Speedway. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're good enough, I think a team manager will select you. Um, so hopefully if I put the good scores in and put the effort in and, and work really hard, then there's no reason in the future that I, that I can't make a, um, a World Cup squad. So, yeah, fingers crossed. It's just maybe this year's just a year too early for me, I feel, in terms of my development. Great stuff. Well, we've got a five, about five minutes left with Josh, so if anyone's got any questions, send those in via the shout box on the website or send them in via email to speedway at bikerfm.co.uk. A couple of mentions that we've got coming through, and that's from Jazz Manning and Emma Kelly, and they say, we love you, Josh. You're an amazing rider. Lots of love, Emma and Jazz. And then a message from Dan Palmer to say, good luck on Thursday night, mate, at Sheffield. Go get them. So, yeah, lots of people are sending messages to him for Josh. So if you've got any more messages that you'd like to uh, to, to get across or if you want to wish Josh luck for the season, then send those in to us on the show. I'm going to pass you back to Paul now, Josh. He's just got a few more questions for you. Yeah, Hi. no problem. You're pretty popular with the girls, Josh, because we just had another one come in from Emma Rose Kelly saying you're an amazing rider and keep up the good work. So, yeah, definitely popular with the girls, mate. That's That's always a good thing. <laughs> No, yeah, it's nice. It's, it is nice to feel, uh, as I said, appreciated from, from the supporters and everything. And, uh, yeah, the main thing is that I put a smile on their face when I'm racing and, uh, you know, they enjoy uh, the entertainment that I give them through my racing. Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking last week and um, you're sort of one of the a typical sort of breed of, of British racers that can't necessarily start very well. Obviously, and we're, you know, we've got Bummer on uh, a bit later who's in the same sort of... Uh, sort of type of rider you know can't get great but uh you know can come from the back and pass and and gives it his all is does that stem from you riding uh schoolboy grass track would you say mm, that that's an interesting thought that, that you mentioned there going back to the grass track routes um i don't it's hard to say really maybe it's just a but um you know is it is it a belief that all english riders have been bad gators because they have really so is it a belief that's been stemmed into everybody that you know, all English riders are bad starters. I mean, Ty, Ty Wuffenden, for example, he's a brilliant starter and he's English and, you know, he's, he's on fire at the minute this season. And, uh, you know, I've seen Bomber make some starts, so there's no reason why, you know, he can't make starts. And myself, I've made a few starts. So it's just, I think the higher up you get in terms of racing, like Grand Prix racing, you know, you're at the pinnacle of the sport and, you, you know, you line up against the best. So... Yeah, it's hard to say, really, but, um, yeah, you know, is it is it just a belief that, that we are bad starters that, you know, that, that's been, uh, you know, drilled into us? It's hard to say, really. It's quite interesting because I always remember back, back when I was racing, we uh, Danny Bird coming to um, Speedway for motocross, um, like myself, really, and and he was a lightning gator, and... The Worrell brothers as well are pretty quick caters as well, aren't they? It seems that the motocross boys, and, and I remember Simon Stevens as well, um, seem to be really quick at starting. And the, and the guys like, uh, say, Joe Screen and Mark Lauren that come from the grass track aren't quite yeah. as quick. Do you, is there anything in that, do you think? Mm, it, well, obviously there is, because when they come off the motocross, they all seem to be good starters. Craig Cook, another one from motocross, Richard, Law, Richard Lawson. Um I mean, they've got to be reasonably good motorcyclists to ride at a good level at motocross. So, um, it's um, 
yeah, I suppose the motocross boys seem. I th- I, me personally, I think motocross riders are, you know, more rounded in terms of motor, motorcycle ability than a speedway rider because it's a much simpler, simple sport. So yeah, I, I suppose from a motocross background, they have a more rounded um, motorcycling ability. I think. Yeah, we we have had a message in from someone called GA that actually says you have been making quite good starts this year for you. So there you go. Someone someone thinks you're doing all right. It. So, <laughs> but we're also talking about the grass track type of thing that the the British riders tend to like riding the dirt, um, and that sort of stems from the grass track. Obviously, yourself, you're always you know out in the dirt and you like passing people around the outside. So you know, is that something? Would you say that is does come from riding on the grass tracks? Um, possibly, yeah, but I mean, I think I've I've always rode at quite grippy tracks as well. Like I've, uh, like Sheffield's always been predominantly grippy. So you, I think you just if you've rode at a really grippy track for quite a while, you sort of develop a technique towards riding. You know, when there's loads of dirt, and in terms of like when you're riding a massive track, you ride it completely different to to riding somewhere like Wolverhampton, that's a small technical track. So that's you know, you know the good riders can ride anything. You can put them on Lakeside and they'll still score points, and you can put them on Sheffield and they'll skip, still score points. So, yeah, it's um, I can't. I don't think it's necessarily from the grass track scene that that people like Bomber can ride there or anything. I just think like he's been Coventry predominantly, and that's always been grippy as well. So, I think if you ride at a place too long, you just develop a a technique towards that track. That's good. Well, that ties us in nice to a question that, was, uh, that has come in from Brummy Time Lord. He says, do you have a particular shape of track that you like or or a shape? Um, of course, I like the big, big, fast tracks. I mean, Birmingham's a terrific track. It's uh, ter- As I said, it's a terrific track to ride, and uh, I enjoy racing there. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the sport that I'm in, I've got to be able to adapt to, to ride the smaller tracks, and hopefully... This season, I feel that like going to places like Wolverhampton and scoring well, I feel that I can go to places now and score good points. Same as Lakeside, really, another small track, that a track that I've struggled on. You know, I, I feel that I have the belief there to to go there and score points now. That's good. Um, Chris Simpson sent over to me something that's been put up in the. Uh, riders changing rooms about sort of social media and things like that so do you use social media and that to uh to speak to your fans um i sometimes do but i'm sort of winding off it now because i feel that um it is a social network and sometimes i don't i don't like you know you know my personal life is my personal life so i feel that you know i don't necessarily want everybody to know what, what I'm doing or, or whatever so I'm trying to wind myself off it because I feel that it's an addiction really but it is good to keep in touch with with your supporters and um, yeah it, you know it's a, it's, a, it's a good tool to, to use in the right ways really yeah no that's cool and you know obviously riders do have to be careful what they say uh, on social media obviously we've seen different celebrities in, in sort of football and things like that that have been really sort of uh, hounded for what they've said. So you do have to be careful on it. But again, it's a good tool to to keep uh, people interested. Do you have a, a website yourself? Yeah, I have a website. My website's uh, uk. so it's quite obviously a simple simple website. And if, ever, 
any of my supporters want to check it out and uh, have a look at it, keep all my, all my uh, latest results are up to date and my latest news is, you know, I, I try and keep that up to date as much as possible. So, yeah, it's, if anybody wants to check it out, go for it. Superb. And uh, obviously sponsors, as, as myself and Chris know, are really important. Have you got any sponsors you want to mention? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to thank you. Um, yeah, just my sponsors, Hurst Electrical, Proval, um, Roxburgh and Webco, um, and all, all my other product sponsors. So thank you very much for your support. Well, it's been great to have you on the uh, the show tonight, Josh. Um, we certainly want to wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. If you can carry on with this confidence, then um, I know you're a little bit shy about it. But things like the World Team Cup shouldn't shouldn't be out of out of the question for you, in my opinion. I think I think you've really got a good shot at it, mate. Well, you know, I'll take every meeting as it comes. My next meeting um, is is obviously Sheffield, so I've got to fully be fully focused on that. And um, I try not to think too far ahead now. Um, I just, as I said, I take every race meeting as it comes, and I suppose it's you've got to treat every whether it be a Premier League meeting or an Elite League meeting, you've still got to go with the same mental attitude that, you know, you, you want to win and not, you know, not not think that, oh, it's going to be easier because it's a Premier League meeting because it's not. You When you do that, you disrespect your opponents. And, um, yeah, I mean, Premier League is, I feel, you know, it's there's not much gulf in, uh, in class between the two leagues. Now I think it's getting closer. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I spoke to Adam Roy and I mentioned it earlier. Uh on last week's show and he said he sets himself up for every meeting be it National League Premier League or Elite League exactly the same he just finds that it, sometimes it's a lot tougher into those first corners in the Elite League yeah no of course yes the main thing is the start really from, from the from the starting gate to the first corner and what and what you do um, is is the major thing because obviously the, the, the Elite League the, you know they are better gators so um, yeah I think I think Adam's right in saying that that is the, the major difference. And uh, again, it's an, it's nice to see another young English lad that's that's been through a, a really rough time, and uh, you know he's picked himself up and dusted himself down, and uh, he's doing really well. And it's nice to see. Yeah, certainly. I know. I, I I was looking at Adam the other day, and he was showing me like the after effects of when he had that massive injury. I think it when he was t- when he was training with Team GB at the start of the season a couple of years ago, and and the screw holes that he still got in from when he sort of had like a head brace on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a nasty reminder of what what can happen. Um, you know, in speedway, it is a dangerous sport, as we know, and uh, accidents do happen, and. Uh, you know, he's a lucky lad to be able to to tell the tale, really. And uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's good that he's come back, really, because it it is quite an amazing uh, journey to recovery that he's that he's come through. One of the questions that I want to ask you on behalf of uh, Suggsy, who's one of our presenters on the show as well, and he's hoping to have a spin out at one of the my first skid schools at Scunthorpe in the in the near future, and that's that there's. Quite, I found the the Scunthorpe track, to be honest, quite awkward because it's got quite a bit of banking on it, hasn't it? And there's almost like a, a camber on it where you can go over the top. And is that is that awkward when you're racing? Do you have to stay one side of it, or or, or at those kind of speeds, can you dip across it? Yeah, of course. No, you, you're you're exactly right in saying that. Once you sort of get over the top of that camber, you're kind of in no man's land. So you kind of just want to go to the edge of that camber, and uh, you know when the dirt line builds up, that's majority of the time that is the fastest way around scum to be on the edge of the dirt and uh, hanging it loose as I would say. 
definitely. So as you said, looking forward to Sheffield on Thursday night. It'll be, it'll, I'm sure you'll get a great response at Sheffield. Have you still got engines and stuff set up specifically for there? Um, not uh, no, not really. I just I've got the engines that I feel comfortable with that are going to do the job. So hopefully, you know, they'll be set up just the same as as last season, and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can uh, score some points. Well, as we said, mate, it's been superb to have you on the on the show this evening. We look forward to speaking to you again during the season. Best of luck for the rest of the year, mate, um, from all of us here on the Speedway Show at Biker FM. And have yourself a great season. Cheers, Josh. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having us. And, uh, yeah, it's been nice to, to, to speak to you all. Great, great, great to speak to you, Josh. Yeah. Take care. Cheers, Josh. Have you been banned for drink driving? Are you getting your license back soon? Are you looking for motor insurance? Then look no further than Dodgy and Corrupt Unregulated. Call us now. Dodgy and Corrupt, Vicky speaking, how can I help? Drinking and driving? You won't find a more expensive policy guaranteed. Dodgy and Corrupt, think of us when you drive and drink. If you've been convicted of drinking and driving, your insurance could triple. Think. Don't drink and drive. Advertising with Biker FM is cheaper than you think. Showcase your company or events to a target audience now. an accident, need some help, forget the stress, call RSS, Rider Support Services, the Bikers Law Firm. Already got solicitors? Feels like your crash is their cash? Don't delay, call RSS today on 0208 246 4900. You won't find yourself in better hands. Biker FM are proud to advertise your events. Whether it be a rally, rock night, bike show, charity event, or even a ride out on a Sunday morning. Click on the events button for more information. Ride the airwaves with Biker FM. So, yeah, it was superb to have uh, Josh on the show there. And, yeah, he was a little bit maybe shy in relation to how good he's doing the season, which is, is notorious with the British riders, that they, they don't blow their own trumpets. But uh, he doesn't really need to, Paul, because he's he's got a cracking season by the look of it ahead of him. And uh, I think he's banging on the door for those uh, World Team Cup places, definitely. That's it. And I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a British rider thing. You know, we are such a modest sort of country aren't we you know especially in terms of speedway you know our, our sort of boys always sort of just sort of shy away from the spotlight a bit you know even bomber harris does doesn't they you know he, he you know he can win a grand prix and it'd be exactly the same as if he's just you know won a normal race you know it doesn't make any difference to him he's just just chris harris and and i think that's a nice thing and, and josh is the same you know we had young carl on last week and he was the same and i, I think it's really nice that these guys are so grounded now you know, because, you know, we, we've seen riders before sort of get, get ahead of their time, haven't we? Sort of get, get cocky, you know, after a couple of good meetings. But, um, you know, the youngsters coming through at the moment seem grounded and, and I think they're going to go a long way. 
Definitely. Well, that brings us to the part of the show which we call our Fan of the Week section next. Um, this is from a couple of weeks ago now, so if um, if you fancy being our Fan of the Week over the next few weeks, um, give us a shout. Um, you can contact us via the Speedway at bikerfm.co.uk. I'll be at Birmingham this coming Thursday, weather permitting, so feel free to just grab me if you fancy recording something down or if you've got some kids that you want to... Um, pop on the show but this is uh, a young lady called Winnie Cheeseman who's a Coventry fan you join us today on Biker FM and it's time for our fan of the week and today's fan of the week and this week is Winnie Cheeseman so Winnie welcome to Biker FM thank you you're here today supporting the Coventry build based bees always been supporting the bees yeah, I'm quite a newcomer to Speedway. This is my third season, so my other half is Coventry born and bred, so Coventry Bees, I guess, is my choice. Any particular favourite riders out there? There's been rumours that you may be a fan of perhaps Nicky Pedersen. Um, no, I wouldn't count him amongst my favourite riders in any way, shape or form, Chris, I have to say. Um, I'm a real fan of Bonner, Bomber, and much to my husband's dislike, I, I'm rather partial to Edward Kennett as well. Eddie had some problems here last year and ducked out of the team, but they've got a very strong team this year, Coventry, with a top four of uh, Eddie Kennett, Scott Nichols, Chris Palmer-Harris, and also Kenny Lawson, who's riding really well this season. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, the first year I supported them, we, we won, won, won the league, and it was really that. I suppose cemented a liking for Speedway with me, but um, it's just nice to see after a couple of difficult seasons, we're starting strong from the beginning, from the onset, without any trouble, without any riders missing. So it promises to be a good season. And is Speedway the main sport that you're involved with? No, um, I'm, I'm sort of more of a supporter of a different kind of horsepower. I actually. work for equestrian sports so eventing and dressage are my main sports um, so looking forward to the Olympics later later in August and September and this season do you think that the team that Coventry have put together is going to be strong enough to take um, take the lead I think so I think they can do it I think they've got a lot of strength in depth um, but I think there are probably five or six or even maybe seven teams this year that are equally strong so it's not going to be a walkover but then again Speedway never is well thanks for speaking to us today at Biker FM and best of luck for your team for the season thank you very much infamous music of the Flintstones and that gives us the chance to welcome to the Speedway show on Biographem to uh, referee extraordinaire Graham Flint. Good evening Flinty, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for having me on your show. It's delightful. Now this is one of the, we had, we had Paul Ackroyd on towards the very start of the show 
launching, which was mainly in relation to the Ben Fund. Well, this is right. the opportunity for any of you guys who are out there who would like to send some questions in for Graham to answer. Um, and make him as cheeky as you like, because he doesn't mind a cheeky question, do you, mate? No, not at all. Any, any question's <laughs> a good question. I'm, I'm open to anything this evening. Great stuff. Well, the first question I've got for you is Bellevue. Uh, last night, live on Sky Sports, they had those massive problems on Good Friday. And unfortunately for the guys there again last night, it didn't go their way. How, how did you see it? What happened? I think you have to put the whole, the whole situation into perspective. And I think in fairness to Bellevue, they tried everything last night to get the meeting on. Um, being a, a Mancunian myself... Um, over the last week, we've had an extraordinary amount of rain. And I think anybody going into the stadium last night would have taken one look at the infield and thought, goodness me, because the infield was underwater. And I think Bellevue tried their absolute best last night to get the meeting on. Um, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about there's a di slightly different decision-making process we go through at a Sky meeting. Because we don't only have a referee there, um, we have a meeting steward who is also a referee as well. And we have a meeting coordinator as well, who um, this season is usually Ronnie Russell. And probably about uh, just before six o'clock last night, we did the, the three of us did the track inspection. During that inspection, the riders asked for a little bit of remedial work to be done on the track, which... They did, and Colin Meredith and um, Ronnie Russell did a great job in trying to sort of re-prepare re the track almost last night. Um, and the riders, probably about quarter past seven, um, agreed, both teams agreed that they would um, give the racing a go last night. Um, unfortunately, um, as you saw, there was um, a bit of a, an incident on the first bend and just before heat one started um, there was another downpour of um, rain which didn't do us any favours at all and the decision was taken to abandon the meeting there and um, perhaps come back another day. As I say, I did speak to David Gordon earlier on. I had a, a phone call with him, and he didn't feel it was necessary to come on and explain anything tonight because compared to Good Friday, it was pretty much a regular rain-off. But they were keen to get the meeting on if they could do. They did everything in the power, they said, to try and get the track ready. Um, and he said there isn't any pressure from Sky in relation to running. As the club themselves, Bellevue, if they're, if they're wary and they think it's not going to be a goer, they'll happily call it off in the, in the afternoon if need be. It's not a case of letting it go on air and then calling it off or anything like that. But I think it was Chris Louie who did a little bit of a talk on the track afterwards and he said because of the amount of water it had taken on, it was just so grippy and patchy that it, that it, it, it was very awkward for people to sort of control the bikes on it. And and David said that the, how high-powered the bikes are these days compared to a couple of years ago, that it's it's hard to just toddle around. The bikes are there to be raced at full speed and, and you can't sort of go into the, the race as a half-arsed kind of thing. You know, you've really got to have a crack at it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, going back to, to David's point, you, you know, there is absolutely no pressure at all from Sky Sky have a timetable that that they ask us to keep to, and you know we're there to work alongside Sky. 
But as far as the decision-making process as to whether a meeting is on or off, that's entirely up to myself, the meeting steward, and also the meeting coordinator. And they have no part to play in that decision-making process at all. We've got our first question that's come in through the shout box so far this evening for you, and that's from a young girl called Kelly. And it is, how did you get into refereeing? And if you were a fan of a team before, who was it? Okay, two very, very good questions. Um, how did I get into refereeing? Um, I initially um, was too young to be a referee, and um, probably best if I answer the, the question of where I was a supporter first. I was a Bellevue fan um, at the old Hyde Road and was interested in, in becoming more involved in the sport, and I became a timekeeper at Bellevue, so generally the timekeeper sits alongside or in the same vicinity as a referee. So got to know an awful lot of the referees. Um, Paul Ackroyd was one of them um, who encouraged me to apply. And I applied, and at the time I was actually too young to qualify, but the, the, the then manager and still the current manager of the SCB, Graham Reeve, said, if you can prove that you can you have the ability to referee i will put you on the panel so i trained for two years and i qualified um when i was 24 um as a full-time referee and or as a fully qualified referee and um and obviously have been a referee ever since and this is my um 19th season involved in the refereeing circles I'm just going to quickly hand you across to Paul because he's got another couple of questions that have come in through a different um, chain. So, Paul, have you got those questions? I have here. Hiya, Graham. You OK? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Paul. Yeah. I think you're going to be quizzed tonight, I'm afraid. There's plenty of questions coming in for you. No, that's absolutely fine. Keep the questions coming in. That's what we're here for tonight. Super. OK, so we've got um, a question from Dan Rain, obviously quite a relevant name. Uh, given the last week or so. Um, so do you think that there should be more officials assisting the ref on race night, perhaps situated in between the first and second bend and the third and fourth bend? You, it, it's a very good question, and I know it's come up in the past as do, should we have more officials. Generally speaking, the referee is afforded a relatively good view of the track, and I think that the more officials there are, there are the more subjective it becomes and what what happens the question that i always ask when this comes up is if the official on the first and second bend says it's red and the referee thinks it's white who's in the box where do we go with that you know and it's always going to be you have to make a decision from the vantage point which you are given it a track and, and generally speaking, the referee—well, the referee will always make an honest, um, will always make an honest uh, appraisal of any situation, and the rights or wrongs of that—it's all—it's all relative swings and roundabouts for fans. You know, if you're a fan of the home team, it might go for or against you a couple of times, and if you're a fan of the away team, the same happens. And I think if you spoke speak to most well-seasoned people in the sport they are they're of the same opinion so um although i don't sort of dismiss it as a possibility um it would be lovely to have but then you've got to have 
some form of who has the final decision, which ultimately would be the referee anyhow. So I hope that yeah, answers so Dan's question. It could, yeah, it could be like a sort of a, the rugby system, whereas they have sort of, they call for assistance um, sort of on the line and things like that. Could there be something like that that would work on a, on a radio system? Yeah, and I mean, you know, when we've when we've got Sky, we 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 have the opportunity to review all all incidents and and happenings on the track, and that's very very beneficial at a Sky meeting. Unfortunately, not all the tracks have um, video or or any other systems like it, and therefore there's not a consistent approach um, amongst all the tracks. But whenever there's Sky there. Definitely, that's that, that's probably the best assistant that you could have is is a is a is a television monitor sat next to you, so you can review the situation. And obviously, when Sky there, you get a numerous different um, camera angles as well. That's cool. And we've had a question come in from GA, and it said, "I've never seen a ref change their decision. Is there any point in the team manager using the phone?" None at all. <laughs> Short answer. No, none at all. Um, the, 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 the reason that the team managers are, are afforded the courtesy of the telephone is so the referee can explain how he or she has seen the incident, um, but it's not going, you know, and obviously the team manager generally has a difference of opinion or has had a different view, but obviously the referee has to make the decision from the vantage point which they're given. So um, in answer to the question, no, there's no point, but um, obviously the team manager's just doing their job by giving the referee a call. Okay, and GA's also asked, sort of similar sort of question, but different, uh, what's the worst decision <laughs> you've ever ever made on reflection and thought, whoops, I've got that one wrong. And obviously, based on that, you know, would, you know, can you ever change your mind once you made that decision or would you always just stick with your first, in, you know, first decision? I think that you, you I think to, to say what's the worst decision you've ever made is, is a little bit, um, it, 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 it's kind of, again, it goes back to what I say, you know, you have a vantage point from the referee's box. You, you will always call a decision as you see it. If at a later date you are presented with evidence that it is contrary to the decision you've made, um, then obviously, you know, I'm of the opinion, just say, well, yeah, the the vantage point I had gave me a different different view. I I got it wrong, but, um, you know, we're all human at the end of the day and we can only give something as we see it. Um, What was the second part to the question? So, you know, have you ever sort of made a decision um, and then changed it? So you sort of excluded a rider and then on reflection sort of changed your mind or or once you've made your decision, is that it? Yeah, no, the the rule book is actually very, very clear. Once once a referee's made a decision um, or called a result, um, the only people who who have the authority to change that are the SCB, um, who are the governing body of the sport, and that can only be if there's been an error of interpretation in the rules. So if, if for example, at my last meeting I had excluded or you know, disqualified white and it should have been yellow, um, the SCB generally won't change that. But if, if white had been in the race, so to say, for example, we put white had been in as a TR and shouldn't have been, that's the kind of um, 
thing that the SCB would say, well, actually, the referees made an error interpretation in interpreting the rules, and as such, that TR ride will not stand, and therefore the points will be adjusted accordingly. It doesn't happen very often, though. Right, OK. <laughs> so I think Chris has got a couple of questions as well that have come in. Hello, you there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Um, just to keep you up to speed before I ask those questions in relation to what's going on at Wolverhampton in the British Under-21, and they're up to heat number 10 at the minute there, out of the 22 heats for the evening. Um, Richie Worrell, who was unbeaten until this race, has just had a big fall um, at the start of heat number 10. Number 10, he's fallen been excluded. So at that point, he was unbeaten. So Tom Perry has now dropped a point, and that was to Carl Newman. Carl Newman's, um, so he's on eight points after three rides, as is Carl Newman. Richie Worrell is on six. Uh, and those are the front runners in that meeting at the minute. So question-wise, let me tell you what else we've had come in. It's a question from a guy called Webby. I think Webby's from Birmingham. And his question is, silly question, but is it a paid job refereeing? No, we do, we do it as a hobby, and um, all of the referees have full-time jobs. So whenever we, you see us around the um, country, um, we've generally either taken time off work or um, booked holidays or, or so forth. Um, obviously, we, we do get paid you know, travelling expenses to and from the various tracks in the country, but as it stands, it is actually a hobby. And how many miles do you put in in a year doing it? Because I know you do various different tours and stuff where you go and do a, a few tracks on yeah. the trot. What would you say? What would you say your annual mileage is just on speedway? Probably about eight to nine thousand miles um, for, for, as an average for the referees. I know some of the referees, um, for example, Jim McGregor, who's based in Scotland, um, he tends to do more mileage just based on his location. Um, but probably eight to 9,000 miles a year on average to, to go and referee. And with you saying it's just an expenses thing, what about if you can get into things like the GPs? Does that make any difference? Um, I, unfortunately, I have no idea on that. I am sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know is, how is it much the guy... Is it something you'd fancy in the future doing some GPs? No, no. I'm, I'm probably too long in the tooth for it now. I've probably done it for too long and probably a little bit too old now. So um, let, let the guys that are um, younger than me... <laughs> I say that nicely. I've been doing it for tw nearly 20 years, but let the other guys have a go. That's my... Um, if they want to go off and do that, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> is it a young man's sport then? No, I, I don't think it is. I know when I qualified, and, and this is this, I was I was talking to Paul Ackroyd about this not very long ago. I know when I qualified, and when I qualified, I was 24. Paul Ackroyd was the next youngest referee to me. He was the youngest, and Paul's now, and, and I know he's taken what we would classify as early retirement from the sport, but Paul's now retired, so that kind of makes me feel old now. So. Um, yeah, and there was a massive gap between me and Paul. There was about 15, 16 years between myself and Paul. So um, the, what the SCB have tried to do is maintain that momentum of a consistent, having referees of a con, you know, that we're not all going to retire at the same age. So we've got different retirement ages and so forth for different referees. So is, is Frank Ebden still going? 
Um, Frank, um, he is still a referee. Unfortunately, he's not an active, what we classify as an active referee at the moment. Um, Frank, for some health reasons, has had to just take a sidestep for a couple of years. Um, but I'm sure Frank will be back. Knowing Frank, he will be back. <laughs> he's but definitely he a controversial yeah. guy, wasn't he? I don't know, was he? It, back in the day, but growing up watching <laughs> watching world of sport and things like that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he certainly put himself around a bit. He certainly did. Uh, we got we got lots of questions coming in. There's still around about five to ten minutes left that we've got with Graham. If you can stay on that long, Graham, and we can uh, keep you here. So you can send those through to speedway at bikerfm.co.uk or use the shout box on the website. The next question is from a Kingsland Stars fan, and it says, "Do you find all the tracks equally easy to referee at?" Or is the one where the viewing isn't so good, for instance, or one that you, you generally don't like going to? No, I think you, when we sign up, as when you um, apply for your licence every year, and that's something that we have to do, you agree that you will go to every track in the country whenever you're sent. Um, and you can't say, I'm not going to go to a track because I don't like it. Some of the referees' boxes are in better positions than others. Um, some have slightly obstructed views, believe it or not. Um, probably, if I reverse that, if that's okay, and say the best referee's box that there was in the country was Oxford by a mile. Now, probably the two best referee's boxes in the country are probably um, Bellevue and Coventry. Um, and the others vary in, in being where they're situated you know um i know workington and pool their referees boxes are situated at the back of the stand um so they're all in different places but to say do i not like going to any track it's nice to go to different tracks it, you know it's nice to sort of visit tracks that you don't go to all the time um and you have to make the best of the facilities that are available to you on the night um, it's no no use, you know, saying, oh, that's in my way, because if you sit and stare at it, yes, it's going to be in your way, but the chances are that the, the riders are going to pass that in about half a second. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the best view I can give of referees' boxes um, in the country. And like myself, we've been obviously involved in the sport and, and seeing things behind the scenes and stuff. I used to be very much involved in like elite league racing and stuff but i did the premier league when i was presenting at birmingham now doing the stuff at stoke and i enjoy the different leagues and stuff and sometimes to be honest i can enjoy national league more than the elite league because the teams are far more easily balanced how do you see that as a referee yourself do you get the same enjoyment sort of refereeing in the different leagues it's nice too and it's nice to see the riders come up through the ranks as it were um however as a referee you're appointed to a meeting and your job is actually the same so your actual role as a referee, whether you're going to referee at a National League, Premier League or Elite League track, is actually the same. And you're there to see fair play, to make sure that the track conforms to the regulations. And to be honest with you, when you're refereeing, you are purely during racing viewing helmet colours. So it actually does not make a difference whether whichever league you're refereeing in. Okay, the next question is from a guy called Martin from Scunthorpe, and his question is, who's your favourite rider of all time? <laughs> Goodness, I was asked this not very long ago, and um, you, you, I'm getting old, you see, so probably, it, it, it was probably, because I was a Bellevue fan, it was probably the duo of um, P. 
Peter Collins and Chris Morton because I was a fan at the time when they won the World, World, World Pairs Championship. And I think whenever they whenever they were paired together, you as a fan, you were almost guaranteed a 5-1. So probably the two of them from from a memory and from a you know from an entertainment point of view um got a couple of questions for you graham and and this one's from me because um those who listened to our show with uh, paul ackwood uh, earlier uh, in the series um found out as well as me that there isn't actually a rule called first ben bunching there's no, no actual no. rule so no my 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 quite sort of question is 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 how do you interpret it because i've been to many meetings where we've had a last heat decide or, or a very close meeting and we've had a, a fairly obvious first bend bunching in in a in a fan speak um and the rider's been excluded now does a referee ever look at it in terms of an entertainment or do they call it completely as you know in the in terms of the sport yeah, it, it's exactly um, it's exactly what you've said. That, that you as the referee or me as the referee on the night, you have to call it as you see it. And, and generally, when you see um, a restart, because that's what um, we call it in official terms, it's a restart with all four riders. Um, and, and Chris, you'll know that from your role in the sport. Um, that we call it a restart for a reason, and it's probably when the when when something's happened, where two riders have come together very very quickly, it's not possible to apportion blame or a, a primary cause in this case because that's what we have to do. It's the primary cause, and therefore the sensible option is to actually put the four riders back in for a restart, where there's been a clear infringement, and again. Every referee's box is different, so you get a different view from the people in the pits, from the people standing on the back straight, from the people in the grandstand. Where there's been a clear infringement, then as a referee, if you see that infringement, you're duty-bound to make a decision and you know disqualify a rider from, from a rerun of a race. OK, so we've just had a question in from Little Eddie, and he says, how far have you let a race go before um and sort of them pulled the four riders back you know is, is there a definition in terms of that then you know is there you know a race cannot be called back after a certain point in the track no none at all um when you stop a race and, and i'll give a very very recent example of of this um we had a situation on good friday i was the referee for both the coventry v pool and pool v coventry meetings and in heat 15 at Coventry, at, at Poole, one of the riders' dirt deflectors came off. And a rider's dirt deflector coming off a bike is not a disqualifying or excludable offence from a race. And unfortunately, the track staff, the, the member of track staff concerned, just had to reach out and pick this, pick this dirt deflector up, which was sitting on the racing line on the first bend. I took the decision on the second lap to stop the race. I, I viewed it that it wasn't the rider's fault because, you know, what did you want the rider to do? Stop and pick the dirt deflector, not the dirt deflector, the um, chain guard up. Um, it, it, so it's not a disqualifier or excludable offence. What did you want him to do? Stop and pick it up. And I ordered a rerun with all four riders. 
So I hope that kind of gives an insight into um, uh, whether a referee can put all four back in. The, the, the answer to the question is if there's an incident, there should be a primary cause of the stoppage. Um, you know, if you're on lap two and somebody falls off, there's a primary cause, there's a primary cause to the stoppage and therefore, um, in accordance with the rules, you should disqualify somebody. Right, okay. It's, it's starting to make it a little bit clearer, but it is, is confusing to us that sort of have always gone by that rule, that first Ben Bunchin and uh, so, but yeah, no, it's coming clearer. We, we've got loads of questions coming in for you, so you're a popular guy. Um, <laughs> Good, keep the questions coming in. <laughs> I know, you're going to have to come back on again because they, they keep that's, on coming in. That's right. Um, so here we go. We've got a question in from... Uh, Thriller Mike, um, a friend of ours that uh, comes on the show quite often. He said, should some tracks move their ref, ref box, start finish lines, windows or, la- or lamp posts? You know, are there tracks that, that you know, could do with moving it? Um, there are. Um, however, sometimes the facilities within the stadium don't, or stadia don't allow that. And you have to make the best of the facilities which you're provided with. Every track... Um, and a good example of, of, of um, Edinburgh a few years ago modified their track and moved the referees box and the start line to the opposite side of the stadium, um, and that improved what you know. The, from from my point of view as a referee, that improved what the referee has. And I always say you have to make the best of the facilities that are available to you. And every single track. The vantage point, the view you have, the, you know, whether there's a lamppost in the way or what have you. In an ideal world, you wouldn't have any of that. But in the real world, and in the, you know, you know, some stadia want the sport, but you know, they don't want you to, you know, re- revamp the grandstand to accommodate the referee for for a meeting. So you have to make the best of the facilities that are available to you. So, um, in answer to the question, yeah, in an ideal world, yes, of course, but. In the real world, it's just not possible. Okay, well, that's brilliant. Well, we, we've got to go to adverts now. It's been brilliant having you uh, on the show, and it would be fantastic to have you uh, on the show throughout the season because I'm sure there's many different incidents that are going to crop up through the, through the season that we're going to sort of uh, have to quiz you on, and uh, there's so many questions coming in. So I, I think they've been quite gentle with him tonight, haven't they, really? They have, yeah, that's it. I, I was hoping for a few more harsher ones, but he's got away a bit lightly, I think. <laughs> Certainly. Well, I would just like to say thank you for having me on the show, and I'd be more than happy to come back on your show and answer, because obviously it's not, you know, fans don't like stopping referees on race nights, and, and those people that do stop us, you know, I always afford that person the courtesy of an answer. And also invite the person to the referee's box, you know, where, wherever possible. Sometimes health and safety doesn't allow it. But just to let that person see a couple of races from the box. And if any of the listeners out there would like to do that, you know, uh, you know, health and safety and, and, and meeting and everything permitting, we'll be very welcome to do that. And I'd be more than happy to come back on the show and answer any, you know, if you have a load more questions, more than happy to come back on your show and answer any questions you've got. That's really generous of you, Graham, and we, we appreciate that. So thanks for coming on the Speedway Show tonight on Biker FM with us, mate, and we look forward to speaking to you throughout the rest of the season. Thank you very much. It's the last hot brand new blistering rock and blues album. Let's sleep in demons laugh. 
featuring the new killer single, Hex on You. Rolling Thunder. Elias T. Huff's blistering new album, Let Sleeping Demons Lie, on CDBaby.com and www.elastihuff.com. Not sure what to buy a friend? Then visit our online shop. You're bound to find something for everyone. Or you could even treat yourself. Biker FM are proud to advertise your events. Whether it be a rally, rock night, bike show, charity event, or even a ride out on a Sunday morning. Click on the events button for more information. an accident, need some help, forget the stress, call RSS, Rider Support Services, the Bikers Law Firm. Already got solicitors? Feels like your crash is their cash? Don't delay, call RSS today on 0208 246 4900. You won't find yourself in better hands. Three-point safety belts, ABS anti-lock braking, Impact absorbing airbags. There are some road users who don't have the advantage of this technology. A horse and its rider have less protection than other road users. So think. Slow down as you pass. Give them plenty of room and be ready to stop. Remember sounding your horn or revving your engine can scare a horse and could cause a serious accident. Think. Slow down for horses. Ride the airwaves with Biker FM. So, yeah, thanks again there to Graham Flint for stepping in and uh, giving us a referee's opinion on how things work in the Speedway world. And don't forget his offer there that if you are at a track where he's uh, the official and you fancy having a look in the referee's box and seeing what, how it is from their perspective, then give him a shout on that. He's happy for, to do that with you. Um, we've got Chris Bomber-Harris coming up on the show shortly. We've got another interview coming from Paul Burbage in relation to this coming weekend's GP in Lesno. And the show's just growing and growing at the minute. It's becoming really, really popular to the extent that we've got Nicky Pedersen coming on to the show next week. So tell all your friends about it. Um, we'd love to have as many listeners as possible. We can tell from tonight the amount of questions that have come in that there's a huge amount of people listening to the show now, and it's the number one show on the station. So we want to thank you for that because it's uh, it, it's great and it makes our job worthwhile in relation to doing it, doesn't it, Paul? It does. It's superb, you know. And we we want to keep it up. We've got to keep make sure we keep beating the motocross boys. It's nice nice to beat those guys. So you know, tell tell your friends. You know, there's there's so much going on the show. You know, it's, it's your show as well. So any suggestions you've got, any riders you want us to speak to, you know, any topics you want us to cover, you know, send us in, you know, tweet us or, or send it in to speedway at bikerfm.co.uk. You know, it, it's your show. So uh, keep it up. Definitely. I'll give you another quick update in relation to the um, the, the British under-21s, which is going on at Wolverhampton. And thank to where uh, Speedway updates for supplying us with the, the details that we're giving you on this tonight. Tom Perry. Um, two wins, two seconds so far. Kyle Howarth, two seconds and a win. Cal Newman, two wins and a second. Steve Worrell, pretty steady, three seconds. Richie Worrell, after that fall, has banged in another win in his next race. So I'd say it's Richie Worrell, Steve Worrell, Cal Newman, 
Tom Perry and Kyle Howarth, who were the front runners in that one. At the minute, by the look of it, we're up to heat number 14, as at the tapes. Um, so we'll keep you updated in relation to that, but certainly looking looking good there. Some new rules have come out today. Well, not new rules, but a new format as such for the uh, knockout cup pool, which I know have been of interest to yourself. Yeah, I've I've had a good read through them. It took me a couple of times to sort of get get what what they're they're trying to do. And I have to say, on the third time, I started quite liking it a little bit more. I have to say, um, so it's back to the tradi- traditional thirteen heat format, which obviously goes back quite a long way. Um, but you know, it's always been a very popular popular format right back into the eighties when they used to say um happiness is forty thirty eight, you know, that was from a, a thirteen heat format. Um it's good to see that the reserves get a second heat, um, because in the thirteen heat format the reserves only used to get three races. So that's good. Um but one of the things I do like is is the uh, gate positions. Um there's no gate fixed gate positions because I always felt um that that really opens it up to both the team manager and and the the riders themselves to be quite tactical about what gates they're going to go off, and and their tactics on the first first bend really, um, I quite like that. You know, you've got some, you know, you you read back in the olden days and you, you hear about Ivor Major and he always used to choose his gate and you know whoever he's paired with just had to take what was left. You know, and then there's other riders that were real team men and used to, you know, let the the lesser rider choose their gates. So it's going to be very interesting how that pans out. I quite like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I like the look of it as well. And, and I'm interested to see, especially on the centre green when I'm presenting, there's going to be times when people are on gate number one and the partner fancies it and probably comes across and gives them a bit of a nudge and says, I fancy that gate position. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, and also this man-on-man tactical rule. So basically, if a team's eight or ten points behind, uh, the team manager can nominate. So in Coventry's case, it might be, say, Eddie Kennett. Uh, and Eddie Kennett will then line up against whoever, say, Poole, if they're against them. So maybe Chris Holder in just a one-on-one race. And if the Coventry guide wins it and they're behind, then they get three points. And if he doesn't, then it stays exactly as it is. There's two chances to do this man-on-man tactical race, which will which will be interesting as well. Yeah, I quite like the sound of it. I, I didn't at first. Um, the only big worry about it is, is obviously it starts to make it quite complicated again for new people. Obviously, you know, we'll get used to it fairly quickly. But um, obviously, Speedway can get be quite complicated as it is for new people. So you know, checking this in could could be quite complex for new guys. But yeah, it'd be quite interesting. Also, the other worry is, is, is obviously sometimes the match races can be quite boring, can't they? You know, uh, very rarely do you get a classic, you know, sort of match race between two riders. But, you know, maybe with, with so much on it, maybe it will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, what else did I notice about it? Heat 15, something to do with Heat 15, the top scorer's nominated race. The gate choice for Heat 15 will be with the team who are losing in the match. But then if it's if, if it's a draw, the home team gets to choose. So they may well have won the toss and chosen in gate in heat one and they also get the opportunity because of the home team and it's a draw going into the final heat. So that, that could give a you know, places like Birmingham where there isn't much of a home advantage, that could give them an advantage in the final heat. Yeah, I think it's nice that it's the trailing team as well because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Speedway is an entertainment and sometimes, you know, the home home riders get good gates in Heat 15 and, you know, you, you can imagine Darcy Ward and Chris Holder on the best gates in Heat 15. Paul, you know, is more than likely they're going to be, 
you know, gate and gone. But, you know, if they've got the lesser gates, it's going to make it a lot more interesting. Certainly. Well, if any of you guys out there have got any views in relation to the new format for the Knockout Cup, then uh, send us in a message if you've got anything you want to express your opinions about it. A couple of minutes' time, we've got an interview coming, and it's in relation to the Speedway Grand Prix from uh, the Speedway star and SGB expert, Paul Burbage. Speedway. Speedway. Ever four points, so um, there are riders who've, 
we've had a lot worse than that. So to say that's his worst performance over um, two and a bit years isn't a bad record. And uh, it just shows that he is capable of bouncing back. And uh, I'm sure he'll be there or thereabouts. I can't, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be. Lesnar's a proper racetrack and Chris Holder's a real racer. So I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't suit him. I believe he had a big crash in Poland over the weekend. Uh, do you think he'll be feeling any ill effects from that? Well, from well, I have seen the video of it, and um, I wouldn't blame him if he did, but from what I saw, he did walk away from it with a, um, with, well, sort of almost with a smile on his face, which was, which was quite remarkable. He had a, apparently had a sore backside, chest, and a few other areas, but from what I can see, it's just a bit of soreness rather than any broken bones or... Or any sort of major bruising. I think I think the boy was extremely lucky. He he was thrown from the bike like a ragdoll. It was uh, one of the worst crashes I've seen. Well, certainly this season and quite possibly for around um, a few years. Yeah, there's been quite a few riders in the ward. I think I've seen some footage also of Nicky Pedersen absolutely airborne in the air, handing on the bike to him, doing almost like a Superman style, MX style sort of stunt. Um, and there's a few riders in the ward so far this year, haven't Absolutely. Um, Nicky's uh, the thing with Nicky. He's, had, he's been in the wars repeatedly. I think he's been off about three times now, and all those times he's hit his head and his foot. So um, he'll be hoping he can have a, um, a little bit of R&R &R and maybe just heal, heal those um, aches and pains up ahead of the Lesno meeting. Um, Hample had a bit of a crash a couple of weeks back in the Poland versus the rest of the World Challenge they had at Gorjov. Uh, from what I heard, that there was no ill effects. He had a bit of a concern over his hand, but... There are no major issues with it. The, um, the one that sort of could be a concern is Freddie Lingard. I gather he's having some problems with his shoulder and um, he's also got a bit of a virus about him at the moment. So um, he'll be hoping that that sort of clears up and it'll be, and he can make a bit of a fist of it in Lesnar because he, he did really, really well there last year. He scored 11 points and another performance like that will certainly do him the world of good. And just the lane, one British representative in the Speedway Grand Prix this year and that's Chris Bomber-Harris, um, sitting in 11th position at the minute, with just five points from the first GP in New Zealand, but a track that none of them had really seen before, quite different to the other tracks on the circuit. How do you think he's going to fare at Leicester? Well, um, if I'm being absolutely honest, I'm a little bit concerned for Chris, because he's had a, um, he's had a tough time with his bikes of late. He's, been, he, he's working hard on it. There's, there's no doubt the man's putting the work in, the hours, the money. He's told me he put £20,000 into those bikes, and you don't put £20,000 in unless you're deadly serious about your racing. But I don't know whether this one will come too soon for him. Um, his scores in Poland haven't been brilliant so far, so hopefully this will be the night he pulls it out, because he really, really does need to, um, to get some points on the board. Perhaps just give himself a good start to the season so he's not chasing his tail, because... The last thing a rider wants to be doing is uh, sort of three or you know, four or five rounds in to be chasing their tail and and um, concerned about getting in the top eight. If if Chris can get that confidence early on, it would it would really be good to see what he could do this year because he's been up to sixth before. We know he can do it. It's just a matter of um, whether he can climb higher. Yeah, well, we certainly hope so because it'd be a shame if in next year there weren't any British guys in there. I personally can't see that happening. I think if um, if for some reason Chris didn't get in, I, I, I could see another rider perhaps being offered a wild card. I've, I've heard Ty's actually told me that if he was offered one, he would turn it down because he, he wants to qualify via the Grand Prix Challenge. And, I mean, that's an admirable um, statement from him, and I, I, I wish
it would be very difficult to turn down an opportunity in the World Championship. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, I suppose Scott Nichols, if if the season goes well, then um, an offer could come this way. But he's already sort of hinted he's looking at doing the qualifiers next year. Um, Lee Richardson, I think, well, we'd probably have to ask him. But from what I've seen before, he's not been particularly interested in it. So I suppose Chris really, at the moment, is our um, best option unless someone steps up consistently puts in the scores and shows the desire to get in there because it's all very well having the scores but if they haven't got the desire and the backing to do it then it may not be that they can they're ready for the job yeah and as you say Chris has done it before he's, he's won a DP at Cardiff he's been on the roster a few times as well but there are a few runs who have turned down the opportunity I know Billy Hamill at one stage stepped out of the Speedway Grand Prix but more recently Darcy Ward I think was up for the opportunity and Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too sure what the reasons behind Billy stepping out. I mean, that was um, a little while before he got involved in Speedway. But Darcy Ward, I think, in the conversations I had with him, he was, I think he did just, he was just a bit concerned. It was all coming a bit too quick and a bit too soon for him. And at 19 years old, it's, it's a pretty big step up. I mean, this guy effectively was giving up his childhood because you can't really mess around and have fun when you've. Um, got a GP team to sort out, you've got meetings to plan, logistical arrangements to make, bikes and engines to sort out, mechanics to, to deal with it. It's a big operation and I think he'd, he'd really like to get a, a manager or someone to oversee all of this before he, before he really goes in. Now, I, I don't know who would do that role or who, who would be most suited to it, but I think I think seeing the boy get some help might just... Um, convince him to, to make a real push for it and I think the, the Grand Prix series would certainly be better off with him in there. And then on to, and I'm finally just on to the wild card for this next event, the um, this GP called the West. Now I think it's Shamit Orlicky who was racing for Colton last year. He could he could impress in it, he could come in and be a big wow factor like some of the wild cards that have been in before. Yeah, Shamit Pavlis he's been in extremely solid form this year. He's um been getting double figures um Poland for Lesno so He's certainly got a form on the track. And um, the thing I've um, noticed about this kid is he, he does have a habit of stepping up on the big occasion. He, um, I think we all remember how well he did in, at Paul in the um, 2010 Elite League playoff final. He, you know, yeah, we, we can all talk about Chris Harris and the, um, his being knocked off and running back to the pits and then coming out and reducing a heroic ride. But I think Pavlitsky's scores that night actually made the real difference. So... He, he, he can score big when he needs to. Got a 15-point maximum in the last round of the World Under-21s at Inesno last year. Um, the, the guy's a talent, so I don't think we can rule him out. And it's not beyond him to get a semi-final there. Great, so, mate. So just to finish off with, last word for yourself, your tip for the, um, for the win this coming weekend at the GP. Oh, I was afraid you'd ask me that. I think it's a, it's a tough one to call, to be honest. I think... Um, for me, it's between two. I think Hample is looking extremely good. It could be him. But even after his injuries and um, all the problems he's had, I wouldn't rule Nicky Pedersen out. The guy is really up for it this year, and I think he could take it. He took it last year. Why not again? Great stuff. Well, cheers for talking to us, mate, on the Speedway Show on Minecraft FM. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon during the season. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. 
So we're back on air. We've got uh, Chris Bomber-Harris live with us, uh, obviously leading up to the Grand Prix on Saturday. So, Chris, you've, you've had a hard couple of days, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, I was in, um, been in, was in Poland someday, and um, after getting back, driving back to the to where I was staying at my mechanics and got in about two hours sleeping up again and at four o'clock in the morning to get to the airport to come home Monday, and then it's been uh, busy Monday when I got back in today, so... Uh, been a few busy days trying to get ready for the weekend as well and got a meeting on Thursday so we were, the boys and us are working hard. Super. So where, where are you on Thursday? Uh, uh, Birmingham on Thursday weather permitting if it doesn't uh, carry on raining. Yeah that's it the weather's obviously hit you. Have you been affected with your meetings with the weather? Uh, we got rained off on uh, Friday. Uh, Friday's gone so um we missed that meeting, so they'll have to rearrange that. But um, at the moment, it's only one we've called off. So I'm hoping uh, Thursday beyond, so I can get some laps in before uh, before the big weekend. So, will you be trying any particular bikes out or anything before the weekend? Uh, now, my English stuff is just England. Um, my Grand Prix stuff all in in Europe. So, none of my English stuff goes abroad unless uh, unless it's a small small track in that really because um, obviously the tracks are broad and at the Grand Prix are fairly big out in England so um, we just uh, go to practice on the Friday and uh, try some new stuff out there Superb and, and how do you feel your preparations are going for the Grand Prix? Yes we're going okay we're, um, I'm feeling good in myself um, we've had a lot of problems this season with machinery and not um, not being quick enough so we're trying some new things all the time really so uh, um, I've but um, he's just not found something that I'm happy with and that suits me and the way I ride. But um, we're all working hard to get there. We were speaking to Paul, Paul Burbage, Bomber, um, earlier on in the show, and he said that you'd invested like 20 grand at the start of the year in relation to equipment and stuff. It, what, what does that get you as a speedway rider? How, how, how well does that set you up? Um, oh, and that's just, uh, just, just a little bit of the pie, if you like. It's... Uh, I bought um, that 20 grand was just on engines, so um, that really aren't up to to the to the standard that I want them to be. Um, obviously, here in New Zealand, I wasn't quick enough, um, and that was on new engines. Um, so, but then on top of that, you got to buy your carbs and you know buy the frames, the wheels, and everything. So that 20 grand was just spent on just engines itself. So. Um, it's, uh, it's an expensive old road. Certainly, mate. And, and in relation to, to actual complete bikes and stuff, how many complete bikes are you running with this season across the world? Um, I've got eight uh, complete bikes at the moment. Um, two is in Sweden. Uh, I think I've got, if I can remember rightly, yeah, five in Poland to just do Poland in the Grand Prix and, uh, and three here. So I've lost count now. So have you left? Do you leave instructions with your mechanics on the continent in relation to preparing those bikes ready for the GP this coming Saturday, or do you leave it all until you get to practice? Uh, yeah, well, we use my bike, my Grand Prix bikes in Poland and uh, the Grand Prix. So, um, like I rode, what well, I would probably try to use um, at the Grand Prix on Sunday just gone, and um, it obviously wasn't uh, quite quick enough. So uh, the mechanic out there, he. Uh, he knows what needs to be done. I don't really need to, to tell him what to do. Um, he just 
he just gets on and gets the bikes ready for the for the next meeting and uh, we just say we're just working hard and banging our head off each other trying to uh, get the equipment um, working how I want it. So in, in terms of engines, obviously you, you you buy an engine off a off a tuner. Is it pot luck how it goes? You know, where you, when you buy an engine, you know, where you're expecting something specific from it, and and sometimes it it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it, it would it would depend on what suit what rider. Um, you know, I, I'm using the same engine tuners as Darcy Ward and Chris Holden. See how you know see how good they are. Um, but what suits them might not suit me. But uh, I'm not too sure what how the engine tuners set it up. The engine inside, so I'm not uh, that sort of uh, person to worry about. I just leave that to the to the engine, the engine tuners. Um, so it's just all down to the like getting the right cam that suits me, um, and then we'll be off. But it's uh, it's frustrating trying to trying to find that setup that I'm happy with. So and then various riders have um, names for their engines. Have you got a favourite engine? Have you got a name for it? Um, no, I don't name don't name my engines. I just uh, mine just done by numbers. It's easy to remember for me and my me- trying to explain to my mechanics. It's easy just to go one, two, three. <laughs> um, okay. But um, I haven't really got a favourite engine because none of them are going good enough. How I want them yet. So when that time comes and I've got a favourite engine, I'll be happy. But at the moment, I can't really say I've got a favourite one. Okay, we just had a had a quick message in from someone called Caroline. Um, she said, "Please say good luck to Bomber for Saturday." And P.S. Uh, please say hello to Tracy. There you go. That's that one. Cool. Cheers. Um, we've got another question in from Morag in Prestatin, um, and it says, "Are you hopeful of hitting the top eight this year in the GP? And are you doing the qualifiers just in case?" Yeah, well, my aim on my target this year, where I thought I was going in last year, was to it's still um, definitely getting top eight, and I'm, I want to get on the podium. Um, so I believe once I get something that's working and put a good run together, which I know I can do, which I've proven in the past that I can put a good run, I can't see why I can't get on the podium. But yeah, definitely top eight is a uh, is what we're looking for. And then, um, but yeah, I am doing the qualifiers as well, just to just as a say a backup really. But um, hopefully, uh, I won't be needing to worry about the, the qualifiers. Yeah, and and some riders obviously that it sort of helps them, doesn't it, to to do the qualifiers and have that backup. You know, I think it's sort of give them a bit of a, you know, a security blanket, so to speak. Yeah, it's um, I'm the sort of person I, I like to be riding my bike. So uh, the more the more confident I feel on my bike, the the better the results will be. So I know if I can go into a, to a qualifier and ha- have a good result or win it, then you know you you boost your your confidence and. Uh, it can only uh, can only help towards uh, the league racing in the Grand Prix. Super. We've had a, had another message in from Bev and Charlie, uh, and they're just saying they follow you all over the world, and they hope your 2012 is your year in the GPs. You have a huge heart for British Speedway, and nobody deserves it more than you. So that's you know some really nice positive messages coming in for you. Yeah, definitely. I uh, appreciate that. Um, it's nice to know that we've got uh, support out there, and um, so. When I uh, when I represent my country, I uh, I try to do it proud because um, you know I'm very proud for where I come from. No, that's good, and it, you know that does show. You know, and obviously you're you're proud of your your Cornish roots as well as your your British. Um, 
obviously Greg Hancock says Lesno is one of the best tracks in the world. What you know, how do you rate it? Yeah, it's a good racing track. Um I was only there a couple of weeks ago with with my Polish team. Um we had an an okay night, we had a few problems, uh, we blew an engine to pieces there, so uh, that didn't uh, wasn't very good because uh what I was earning uh, when it, in one race when it blew up. So um but up to that I was having some good races with their riders and uh feeling good. Um, the track was on a little bit on the rough side but I don't really mind that. Um but so hopefully they can uh, the Grand Prix can have as much dirt on it as it was there. It wasn't over creepy but it was enough there dirt wise that you could have a few racing lines. Um so hopefully uh come Saturday there'll be a few racing lines that I can uh, can use to my advantage. Super, but I know Chris has got some questions that have come in as well. Cool. You there, Chris? He's gone to sleep, so yeah. I'll, I'll kick in with this one. We've got one from Stevie S, and he's put, how is important it for you to be 2012 British champion? And uh, do you, is it important for you to beat Scott Nichols and Eddie Kennett? Oh, definitely. In my calendar, I always like to, as soon as the dates are released, I like to see when that British... Uh, final is because that's um it's one that i want to get back obviously i lost it last year and uh through a little mistake of my own and um yeah it's the uh, one that um i like to have next to my name and um yeah it's important that i beat scott and eddie as well because i ride in the team with them and i want to f- obviously finish and do the do better than them it's just obviously uh a thing but it's going to be a tough one this year because ty's going really well um you know and it's on his home track as well so um when that final comes around, it's going to be a, a, a tough night, but um, hopefully we uh, will be ones on top of the podium. That's good. Uh, we just need to just cut to some adverts for just a couple of minutes, Bomber, so if I can get you to just stay on the line and we'll be up with you in just two. Okay. an accident need some help forget the stress call rss rider support services the bikers law firm already got solicitors feels like your crash is their cash don't delay call rss today on 0208 246 4900 you won't find yourself in better hands advertising with biker fm is cheaper than you think Showcase your company or events to a target audience now. Another drink, Tom? I can't, mate. I'm off to meet Rach. And? I've already had one and I'm driving, aren't I? Come on, mate. It's your round. One more can't hurt. One more might hurt. But I don't want him to leave until he buys me the drink he owes me. All right, all right. One more. But then I'm definitely going. Whatever you say, Tom. You're the man. He won't be the man if he gets done by the police. But it's his license, not mine. It's his problem. Cheers. Cheers. Remember who's driving. Remember whose license it is. Think. Don't drink and drive. Ride the airwaves with Biker FM. Okay, so we're uh, we're back on air now with Chris Bomber Harris. You're saying, Chris, that obviously it's been a busy week and stuff and you're not that happy with your form maybe at the minute so it's quite important going maybe into Birmingham on Thursday night to get to get a, a, a good meeting under your belt there and it'll set you then for the weekend yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy with the way 
I'm I'm riding and feeling good in myself, and uh, you know I'm feeling full of confidence. And when I go to the tapes and my ability and what I can do, it's just the only thing that's really let me down is the bikes and um, you know, everything around the bikes is working. Bar the the main thing about that's the engine, and uh, you know the engine's come back a few times to to, to Peter John who does me engines, and uh, we just we just can't seem to get him working as well as he's got Darcy and Chris going. So. Uh, we're trying something different on Thursday. Um, that I tried, yeah, last home meeting and I was happy with, but we'll try it out on how it works around Birmingham and uh, hopefully uh, we can get things going and go into Lesno confidence. So I know once my bikes are, are working, I can I can beat anyone and, uh, you know, I can win a Grand Prix this year. With engine tuners and stuff, is it, is it something that once you get up to a GP standard where people are interested in, in being your tuners, or is it something that's a still full cost thing for yourself? I know it's still full cost, and nobody, nobody gets any discount in this job. Uh, especially, um, you know, the riders that the, the good engine tuners know that how good they can do an engine, and uh, once they've got a few riders going good on it, everybody seems to want to go there. And I think sometimes the engine tuners take too much on because they obviously want to get their name out there, but sometimes uh, it don't always work. But uh, yeah, we're um, we're we're getting there. It's just hard work at the moment. We've got just a couple more questions just to wrap up the interview for you with. Um, there's a message first of all from Tracy Brown who says, "Hi Bomber, all the best for Saturday from your number one fan. Lots of kisses." And then the final question for you, mate: Do you think there are too many GPs, or do you think the more the merrier? Um, it's hard, really. It's, you know, I want to be in the World Championship, so. Uh, I think they don't. I think if they keep adding too many, I think they want. You know, there is talk that they keep saying that they want more Grand Prix and maybe up to 15. But I think they start getting to the to the danger point, if you like, to having that many Grand Prix that the, the Grand Prix riders may have to give up a league or two leagues because obviously we ride in three, three or four leagues. If I'm doing four leagues this year. You know, Poland, Sweden, England, and the Czech League plus Grand Prix. So if they add more Grand Prix, then I think it's going to come down to then that the top riders will end up after giving up a league, Poland, Sweden or, or England. And I think the one that will probably end up will suffering would be probably England because um, obviously the money's better on the continent than it is in England, but you get more meetings in England to, to try things. So in riding where Poland's obviously less meetings, but better money, but... I think the riders have to cross that bridge if it happens. Well, you can rest assured, mate, that all the British fans will be, will be behind you this coming Saturday at Lesnar. They'll be cheering you on, um, sat behind their TV sets, and we'd like to wish you all the best of luck from the Speedway Show here at Biker FM as well. Hope you have a cracking meeting, mate, and we'd like to thank you for uh, for coming on the show tonight. And uh, keep it revved on, mate. We hope you have a great meeting. Yeah, good luck, Chris. Good, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Bomber. Speak to you soon, mate. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is with Bomber, as last year, he's not afraid afraid to make changes when he changed his entire pit team and stuff. So I'm sure if if he's not getting the best out of the engines, that, you know, his engine tuner might be on borrowed time and he might look to make some changes in those respects as well, Paul, because it's it's a confidence thing as well, as as a few of the riders have mentioned. And, and, And as soon as he clicks, 
you know, he'll be on fire. But watching him over in Poland over the weekend, there was races when he was absolutely superb. And then there was other races where he uncharacteristically couldn't fight his way through from behind. And that's probably because he's down on power. And I think that is frustrating, you know, from, from our angle supporting a Brit to see that because we all know how quick Bomber can be. And when you see him not being able to gain ground and, and certainly not gain ground around the outside, it's it's not nice to see because, you know, I remember two two seasons ago, you know, um, so not, yeah, so it was 2010, the end of 2010, Bomber was on fire in the Grand Prix and, you know, and got up to sixth place in the uh, championship and, you know, it's that that bomber that we want to see because we know it is there, and uh, you know that year he just had so much speed and he could pass anyone and he made the odd start as well. So, you know, I think everyone's hoping to see that bomber back again. Certainly, certainly so, mate. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, it's not finished at Wolverhamptons yet, but by the look of it, they didn't have an interval because uh, they were a little bit wary of the weather. So they're up to. Heat number 19 at the minute, so there's a semi-final, there's another heat and then the semis and the grand final to come still. Um, Numbers-wise, like you said last time, Tom Perry, uh, 12 points from five rides. Kyle Howarth, 11. Um, where's Richie Worrell down there? He's not had another ride yet, so he's still on nine from four. Steve Worrell's doing all right, yeah. He's still in the mix, and he's banged in a win in that race as well, aren't he? So if you want to keep up to date on how that's going, then check out the speedwayupdates.proboards.com, or you can check it out. I'm sure the full result will be on the British Speedway website towards the uh, next half an hour, maybe, so that's speedwaygb.co. Joe Haynes is doing pretty well as well. He's on, uh, what's he on? He's on 11 points, so it's good to see uh, him doing well, because he's, obviously he's had a few uh, injuries from that. He's a good young lad. Certainly. So we're coming up for next week, mate. What have we got lined up? We've got Nicky Patterson. We've given him a few shout-outs. We're looking forward very much to hearing his interview. What else have we got lined up for next week? Well, we're going to try, and obviously depending on who it is and depending on their commitments, we're going to try and get the, the British Under-21 champion on it. So, um, you know, it could be anyone at the moment, couldn't it? It's looking fairly open. Um, obviously, lots have been made about uh, tracks at the moment, obviously, with the Bellevue uh, side of things. Uh, and that's so we're gonna, gonna try and get one of the top track um, track maintenance guys on the show. So it'd be very interesting to hear their views on, on track maintenance and how it works really. Yeah, definitely. Well it's been a cracking show again, mate. It's been a pleasure to be part of it again this evening. Um, all the big names seem to be uh, giving us a shout out and uh, happy to come on the show. Um, thanks again to Graham Flint who sent us a message to say he's really enjoyed being on the show. He came show. across okay. He came across perfectly, didn't you, mate? It was perfect, yeah. James Sargent was drawn from the You've been listening to Biker FM, the UK's online radio station run by bikers for bikers. Don't move a muscle. The next DJ is just plugging in their headphones and making themselves comfortable and we'll be right with you.